Previously on the Sick Invite Podcast. My POTS flares in heat. My EDS flare, or like chronic pain flares in winter. So I don't really have a good season. <laughs> a, di- a different symptom pops up. That's how I am. You are now listening to the Sick Invite Podcast with Kayla Herb and Ricky Grimes. Hello, my name is Kayla Herb. And I'm Ricky Grimes. And this is The Sick Invite Podcast, a storytelling show about all ailments. Big or small, chronic or temporary, The Sick Invite provides an inclusive space for you to share your story. What is wrong with you? Uh, with me? Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, uh, we're going to talk about uh, thyroid uh, stuff today, which is something that I actually know about in terms of me being involved in the uh, sickness uh, thing. In the ill community. I guess so. How are you today? Uh, well, I'm jealous because it's not about me today. I know this is going to be awkward for you to, to try and, uh, you know, not be involved completely. I have to squeeze my way in there somehow. I, <laughs> you usually do. <laughs> this show is brought to you by KaylaHerb.com, where knit blankets, custom quilts, and other homemade items are available for purchase and custom order. Do you like our show? Please tell everyone about it. Follow us, like us, and share our content at the Sick Invite Podcast. We also have some merchandise available, including our new hoodies at thesickinvitepodcast.com, along with our shirts, mugs, stickers, and buttons. We are now on Patreon. For $3 a month, you can get early access to our episodes, bonus content, and other uh, homemade items. No, you don't get a homemade item on Patreon. I maybe I will make a homemade item. Maybe everyone gets like a needle point now. That'd be nice if they subscribe to the Sick Invite Podcast Patreon. If you want to be on our show, please send us your story through our website. There's a form to fill out at the bottom of the page, and we will f- contact you with further instructions. All right, so Producer Klaus, uh, he had a question here. He wanted to buy the socks, the Sick Invite Podcast socks. But they, you wrote that they were now no longer on the store. They are gone. Why is that? Tell him to swipe on that post and he'll see our wonky faces. Well, but he's, well, here's what he wrote. He said, this is the most accurate I've ever seen Ricky's face depicted well, on merchandise. Nice. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, maybe, well, is that true? No. Do I have a wonky uh, type face? No, you have a very handsome oh, face. That's, I mean, your face looked a little wonky as well. It was quite wonky. Yeah. But so, what did you think of those socks? You didn't like them. I didn't like them. Um, if you continue swiping on that video, you can also hear what on the Instagram. Yes, you can hear how the fabric sounds. Which actually, let's do, we could do a little ASMR. Yeah, do a little ASMR. Yeah, I got them. Why right do you have there. the socks just there on the desk? Because I don't. The world can't hear about them. I mean, is that is that is that a bad sock sound? It's. I don't know. Do you want this on your foot? I don't know. It it doesn't. Yeah, it sounds a little. It's like. It feels like. Like it feels soft on the outside, but it's also very like it's a very crispy sock. So do you like a crispy sock? Well, Klaus can have the sample. Wow, for free? No, for fifteen bucks. Oh, I was gonna say he would be up a hundred percent in 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 payment <laughs> if you gave him a pair of socks. On today's show, we have Nora McKenna. So, Nora, what's wrong with you? I have hypothyroidism. What is that? So, hypothyroidism is um, when your TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone levels, are um, higher than normal. So, it causes like a complete slowdown of your metabolism. So, it operates a lot slower than how it normally would. Um, it affects... At first, like, you know, first symptoms would be um, hair loss. It would be irregular periods. Um, 
typically you're more tired, you have increased appetite, and it's really difficult to lose weight. Mm. Ricky, that's what you have, right? Uh, well, actually, that's a good question because I actually I, – I, I have uh, – so is that underactive or over uh, – under? Underactive or overactive? So that's what I have. I have an under underactive. But are there, and this is actually a good point because we talk about on the show so much about people that are like, do a lot of work to understand what they have going on. And you've already expressed more knowledge than I have on the particular topic. <laughs> um, but is there, I believe, are there degrees to this though? Like it's not like you have it or you don't. Because I think I have it slightly. Do you ha- How would you consider yours? Do they? Do you know? Um, I would consider it, I think more like on the extreme side, but it has fluctuated over the years. Um, at uh-huh. first, when I first got it checked out, like it was definitely alarming, I think to the endocrinologist, but, um, normally it, if you even do have it slightly, like once you get it and regulated, it will be totally fine. Yeah. So my experience with it was, it was like, you know, it was just like a regular blood test and they were like, oh, this looks like it's slightly high, or I guess in this case, slightly low. And then I do take medication for it now. Yes, I take medication for it now. Yeah, I take synth synthroid. Yeah. So you take? Thing. Yeah, I take that. I take that every day. Uh, but I guess I never really noticed it. I just don't really think about it too much. Like like you're saying, I kind of just take the one pill a day, and then um, I get my blood work done just reg- you know with my physical, and then they just tell me if it's you know if it's good or bad or something like that. But I've been pretty consistent with it. Um, but can I ask why they tested it for you? Was I don't know. Physical? I think it was just my regular physical and they checked the blood work and, and uh, uh, there was something that they needed further looking at. And then that's when they realized that maybe it was a thyroid issue. But I don't actually see. I'm so uh, ignorant as to what even it would look like. It would do, can you do you know more about what it actually would show? Yeah. So I'll probably, I'll just tell you guys how it started for me um, and how I was able to like, you know, figure out what, what was wrong. Um, so this was actually like, it was like a normal physical that you would typically go to when you're in high school, it's required every year. Um, and then you have, to, so I had periods that were like completely irregular. It would be um, either two weeks in between or like six months in between. So it was, but my mom just kept saying, oh, you just got your period because I got a 13. So like, it's not regulated yet. It's not going to come every month. And this is not something that happens typically in younger people. It typically happens after you've been pregnant. So, and it is usually more common in women. So I think that's where Ricky is maybe a little bit, it's more unique for men, I think, in these cases. I guess um, so. I guess that's interesting. I know there's people in my family. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm used still. Um, I know there's people in my family that have it, but I, all of them are women. I don't know if there's any men in my family that uh, that have it, but there are women in my family that okay, have yeah, it. Okay, so yeah. It is typically genetic also, which for me, yeah. I don't know why. Um, it was kind of random to have it. But yeah. they just when I went to the physical, they were like, um, we can't feel your pulse. And we're kind of, we're kind of curious <laughs> as to like what that means. So they immediately in the pediatrician just brought out an EKG and they were just trying to figure it out. And I wasn't really concerned because I had no idea. So it's because you were so underactive. It was like that slow of it was everything so, was so slow, lethargic. Exactly. Like it was so underactive. Like it did not feel like, but I, nothing really was that alarming to me because I feel like, I don't know, I was up all the time just studying and that's why I was, I was just always so tired because I feel like I over-involved myself, which both of you understand. So mm-hmm. like being tired just didn't seem that weird. Yeah, it's true. It's true. 
yeah. So, so then, so then I go to, they told me you have to go to a cardiologist. Like I'm very concerned about your pulse. And they were wondering like if I ran and I was like, or if I exercise and I was like, yeah, I exercise. And, um, so I go to the cardiologist and they were like, no, like your heart is totally fine. And they told me to get blood work. And then when I got blood work, I took it to an endocrinologist in Stony Brook and they were like, yeah, so the normal levels for TSH are 0. 0.4 to 5, and yours are at 227. So, <laughs> like, yeah. and I was just so horrified. Uh, I, I was laughing. So I'm like, wow, that's really, you don't really know like what happens inside of you yeah, at that yeah, yeah. point. Um, I, I, so can't, I can't remember the numbers, but I think it was something similar where they were like, yeah, you're supposed to be like this, and it's like something way different. And I was like, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. exactly. Like, you have no idea <laughs> yeah. what's happening. I do that now even when I get a physical and they take my blood pressure, and the lady's like, number over a number. And I'm like, is it is that good, bad? Can you tell me? I don't know. Like, It's so true. It's like we never care yeah. to learn what it means. I well, Kayla, well, that's the thing. Is Kayla knows all this stuff. That's that's the thing. Is that, uh, That's why. So it's, I'm really just speaking just for me. Kayla, you probably know all this stuff, correct? I only know what's normal for me. I don't know what's normal for other people. Or in like, with like blood pressure, like I know what my blood pressure usually is. Um, I actually know I can't recite it to you, but when they tell me it to me, I'm like, oh, I know that's normal. But if you told me like my mom's blood pressure, she has very, very low, like dangerously low blood pressure. I was like, oh, that sounds fine. So I, I don't know if it's bad or not. <laughs> well, that's I just the thing know is I go, like, I go like it's high. That's bad. But low is I'm like, that's good. Right. Like I would think it's good, but it's not. It's not. So so I don't remember if I if you're muted again. I don't remember how I learned about it, but I, I guess in your situation with the periods, I guess it becomes much more. Um, you it's know. not like that triggered it. It was more because of my annual physical that mm -hmm. it everything in the past started to be, make sense. Um, mm -hmm. I was I was gaining weight during the time of everything, but I, I don't know. Like it's not like I'm really the beacon of health, so I don't know if. <laughs> I'm gaining weight because of what I'm eating. Like it doesn't, it's not like it's something that, um, it, it didn't really worry me too much. Cause I was also, I don't know, I was, I was pretty thin. So I think the gaining weight, it, it was never like I was overweight in that time period. Um, and also I quit volleyball to do marching band, which like was probably not an amazing idea for your health. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> there's certain things right, right. that made sense towards weight gain. Yeah. And getting your period later too, like, most people, I think, gain weight after they get their period or just their weight fluctuates once those hormones enter your body. Yeah, exactly. So I think that um, something that's important with your thyroid is that a lot of people don't think to get it checked. Like sometimes like, you know, thyroid tests are TSH tests are not in your normal physical or normal blood work. Sometimes you have to request it. So mm -hmm. when people are gaining weight, losing hair, getting tired, um, it's something that you should really look out for. But getting on medicine is always trial and error. So they kind mm -hmm. of give you a micro, they, they give you a, the micrograms like that they think would possibly help normalize your levels but mm -hmm. it's not something that like they know for certain, like this is the number that will make you in the normal range. So you kind of just keep going and adding on or lessening just according to like your next blood test. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that when I was, um, when I first started taking medication for it and I wonder, cause I know my, I think either my mother has it. So maybe she thought that 
just like you, like once you found out that everyone should get it checked, like maybe she, that was just something that she told me to do. Maybe that's probably, maybe that's, that makes more sense now that I'm thinking about it. But um, I know when I was trying, the, the, you know, they'd give you this and then you come back and get tested. You give you this and then you come back and get tested. But I, I remember when I, I, would, I was got my levels good and then I went away to college and I got, went, got from the pharmacy that was up there and my levels would be different. And so I was getting the same prescription, right? But because I was getting, you know, I guess when you uh, get a prescription or something of a pill, you can either get like the name brand or like the generic version. And I didn't know this, but like apparently like, so in home I was getting the name brand or whatever. And then when I was away, I would be getting the generic version. And so the generic version apparently is like, they're not as like precise, you know? So it's like, yeah, sometimes you get A, sometimes you get B, sometimes you get C, but they're all like they're all like slightly different, but they're all like the margin of error is like inter- like very very small. So my counts would be different like slightly. And like from when I was away from when I was home. And so they would be like, "Well, what have you been taking the medicine? Is the medicine the same?" And then I would be like, "I don't know what the difference is." And so that's from from that point on, I always just stuck with to make sure I got the, even though it was a little more expensive, I was able to get just like the same name brand every time. I didn't go with the generic brand because it was like always the hassle of like, eh, it's close, like, but you know, there's always like the, with, you're in the margin of like error. It's like a little bit high, a little bit low, but it's like whenever they would check my blood. So I don't know. I don't know if that's a, that's a thing for other medications, but that's just one thing I noticed as well. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure about it. Honestly. Um, between like my parents' insurance and switching to my own, it, it's never been that much money to just get whatever brand that, like they typically do. Yeah. Like I find that, I don't know if it's just like the, I found that like certain times, like when I'm on birth control, like birth control could cost like upwards of like 40 to $50 a time. And now for me, like I found one that's free, but in, in the past, like thyroid medication has never been more than $10 on like different insurances that I've had. So I think mm-hmm. that like, because it's so common that they might've found like a, a more generic and something that they can actually use for, um, it, it's just, it just seems like it's more accessible than some others. Um, oh yeah. 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 I think before, I, I think I was just, I guess like when they do the, the, like whatever it's like the name brand version is, is like every pill is exactly the same. And if it's not the name brand, if it's just like this, you know, the, whatever the generic version is, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a culmination of whatever they find. And like sometimes they're a little bit over. So they're not they're less careful, I guess, is because you're paying less. So they don't give you the exact stuff, which I don't know. Kayla, is that a thing in any other sort of uh, uh, medication that you're aware of? Generic medication? But like the fact that it would be slightly different and they're not as You're careful. the only case I've ever heard of that. Being That's a thing, I don't. I mean, I don't know the science behind it. I I, I get why it would happen, but I also don't understand. <laughs> well, I mean, I think if you got like you know, if you buy like uh, a store brand, like over the counter something versus like the the brand, uh, a specific brand, the brand probably has a patented formula, right? And so like the whatever the store brand is, probably just kind of is you know, it's just whatever. I mean, you're probably right. My mom used to always buy the uh, off-brand Windex, which didn't work. It did not clean the mirrors. It just like smudged the toothpaste blobs all over the place. So you're probably right. It probably is a patented thing. But I, well, I, but I think also just going from one to the other was different. That even if it was minuscule, yeah. it was. Oh yeah, off. that 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 has happened to me with birth control. I, it's, it was the same type of thing. Had 
whatever the hormone was, same dose with like a little bit of iron, but depending on what was available at the time, samples wise, because I was trying new ones. Um, I was technically on the same thing, but different brands. But yes, I would spot in between on those. So. Yeah, same prescription, but just it would not literally be the identical thing. Yeah. Um, um, so I have a question because when Ricky figured out his thyroid issue shortly after we started dating. So when I first started dating him, I'm like, this is a nice, quiet boyfriend that I have. He's so calm and reserved all the time. And then he got on this medication and he was like a wild child. And it was, you were like a whole new person. And all right, a wild child's maybe a little bit of an exaggeration. I think it's a slight exaggeration. But like you used to like, so like in the hallway, you'd like schlep down and be like, oh, I'm so happy to see you. And then like you'd like shuffle nicely and cute to come see me. After I, that. I, I guess, but I, I don't know, because I, I think Nora's making a fair point, which is just that in, a, in an adolescent child up until high school and please mute yourself, uh, you know, it's. It's difficult to judge if a person is, you know, uh, do they have some sort of lethargic, a condition that would make them lethargic or is everyone getting up super early all the time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's 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 impossible to, like, really have any sort of judgment on something like that. But apparently you see a good case study in this situation, which I don't I don't necessarily notice. And I never here's the thing. I never been nowhere. Can I speak this? I don't know if it's like because. It was never like pain or, or something along those lines. And it was never something like where you had like uh, mono or Epstein-Barr where it's like you were so tired you couldn't move. So the slight differences is something almost unnoticeable. But maybe to an observer, maybe it's different. I think I think you would actually have to get an adequate amount of sleep a night to maybe notice like a difference because I, True. It, it's, it's actually comical how hard we were on ourselves in high school and how like how much we tried um and i think that like i had mono the year before too so those levels of tired were just like were right. unmatched so right. when you become a little bit tired and you're not even getting eight hours of sleep a night and you're studying for no reason like that hard then <laughs> it, it it is hard to notice um but i think that like over over the years, like once it's completely regulated, you might find like more normal energy levels with it. Mm -hmm. I think I think it might just be also because it's so gradual. You know what I mean? Like with it, with like the kind of like the way your body is kind of like made up. It doesn't like you don't take the pill and then you're different. You know what I mean? It's it's like more of a gradual process. So by the time you miss it, like if you stop taking it for a few days, it's still going to, you know, decline rather than anything. For like me, that. I think the most obvious symptom was actually like it's. Well, one, my period was the most obvious symptom to like figure out something was wrong with me. But when I don't take my pill, my appetite is crazy. Like it is, it, it, I get so hungry and like you can't really digest it very quickly. And I think that is like the, the biggest problem. Um, but I remember like one year, um, I don't know, all my friends were like giving up something for Lent um, back when I did that. And we <laughs> would, and this was like in track when I would run a lot and we, I just gave up all unhealthy food for six weeks. Like I went on just like completely healthy. And at, by the end I was running every day and I gained two pounds and I was like, oh my goodness. Like, mm. it's just like, it's so difficult to lose weight unless it's managed. But once you get to the normal levels, you kind of operate back normally again. So you do have to get blood tests like every six weeks to kind of 
when you're when you're in the process of trying to find like the correct yeah. dose you have to get blood tests pretty often um and then kind of stick to that unless if your weight fluctuates then your dose will be different so if you gain 10 pounds or something your dose might be different at that point but if you maintain your weight it's probably going to be around the same now did all of these things i mean you've said like hindsight it all makes sense but how long did it take you to figure all this out i didn't get I wouldn't say I had a per, like a consistent prescription probably until like uh, I would say five to six years after maybe like it did take a long time like it, it's it felt like every time I was going to the doctor it was changing slightly like it was just constant disappointment it wasn't really that um like when, when you get on a new pill, sometimes, I don't know, Ricky, when you're talking about the generic pill, maybe I was thinking back to this, when I used to get on new pills, it would go through like periods of like being extremely dehydrated. And like, there were certain symptoms to switching your dosage. Um, mm. Whereas now I've kind of stayed on the same one since I've been away. And um, I've kind of stayed in the same range. But in the past, I would fluctuate greatly. So I think in that time, like you would feel like super dehydrated, you'd feel really tired and certain things when you're switching the dose. Not no, I you know what it's I I probably I mean how long have I been on this probably since what like probably it's got to be since more like than ten years at this point you know so I I don't it's hard for me to even remember going through that process of trial and error because I think I've been on this particular one for like over a decade now so it feels so I, I, it's hard for me to recall the difference but you know but I think you made an interesting point which is that like it it's something that once it's managed it's you know almost unnoticeable but kind of left unchecked it could kind of it, it could be dangerous. dangerous yeah i've encountered many people in my life who have who their doctors have told them to get on this pill and they just don't view it as a big deal and they are kind of overweight people and it's it almost seems like this is your fix like this is why this is happening and it will change your it will change your mood it will change it would just seem like you're in more in, of control of your body because Back in the time, like when I was, I don't know, in high school, everyone's just trying to like stay skinny or whatever, do whatever, right? And like people are trying to do that. And like, you you just feel like there's more pressure, you're more insecure. And I kind of felt like I had no control over my levels. Like, it's like, no matter what I did, I was probably gaining weight. But when you mm -hmm. get in the more of the range, you don't really have as much of an excuse. Like if you, if you do want to control it, because you can, if now it's like, if I ate in a calorie deficit, I would lose weight back then it wouldn't be the case it's like there there was a lot that was out of your control mm. so at the time were you more upset with how your body was physically feeling more than the two pounds that you would gain or, or like that you were you know d eating right and doing all these things and I guess your body wasn't reacting how it should for a teenage girl I, I've never had like that much pressure on myself over it, honestly, but it was more just like, it It was more that every time you go to the doctor, like it wouldn't be controlled. It was, It was. I think that um, a lot of people like to just know that they have control and they could fix something. And for me, like it was just so out of my control. And every time I went to the doctor, they would say, oh, it's not working, it's not working. So you have to keep switching. Um, and they would just go higher, lower. And it, it, it was, it's such a, it's so trial and error that like that's that's the problem with it mm -hmm. did you know anybody else that was uh had a thyroid issue because i feel like at the time i feel like mono just like ran through our whole high school i don't know if just everyone was making out with everyone 
or if that's every high school. Yeah, it's every that's every high school. <laughs> like, you, like anytime somebody was like, "Wow, I'm really tired," you went to the doctor and you got checked for mono, and then they checked your thyroid, and a lot of people came back with both things. Uh, did you know anybody else that was going through it, or did you kind of feel like the odd man out? Uh, no, I didn't know anyone who was going through it at the time. I've never heard of it before. My mom has never heard of it either. That's why she just thought that my periods being regular was completely normal. So. Mm-hmm. I think I just was intrusive in everyone's business, which is probably why I know that information <laughs> about people. So uh, you said you're pretty regulated. How, you feel like fine now? This is like a thing of the past for you? Yeah, I think I think it's fine now. It's totally, it, it, it does take a long time. And I think like you need to encourage patients, but honestly, it's, it's the best thing to just have it like completely normal and you feel more control. Mm-hmm. So we you've moved around uh, quite a bit. So you went to college upstate. After that, you went to China and now you're in Texas. How have you managed insurance through this whole process? Uh, yeah, so I was in the Peace Corps in China. So um, that will be the best health care that you ever have in your entire life if you join the Peace Corps. So basically, like they set you up with a local local doctors that are employed through Peace Corps. Um, so they have Chinese doctors and they also had American doctors in that case. So what I would do is I literally just go in and be like, hey, I need more thyroid medication and they would just give it to me. So it would be super easy. It's all free, but you're also working for free. So it's not like it's the least <laughs> you do. Um, so if you had any issues that required like serious medical attention, they would fly you to Bangkok um, to get checked out there and like um, more renowned hospitals. So um, yeah, so that wasn't a big deal. Um, and well, could I ask you, I'm going to ask you really probably this is a stupid question, but like in terms of like prescriptions being like specific amounts, measurements, totals, things like that. Is there any sort of difference when you go to another country with that kind of stuff in terms of like uh, getting a prescription of a certain amount? Like, are they, I'm, I'm is it just a duplicate of what you get in an, in the same country? They would measure it probably in their own way because they don't use grams um so they would use it in their own way and basically what okay you would have to get blood tested in um your own country and what they would do is they would so in beijing can I tell a quick story? Of what that's happened what, that's, what, that's what the podcast is for. Okay. So I think that like, it's important to note, like just like some, there's like obviously some key differences between China and the U S right. So when I was in Beijing, I went to, I went to a hospital that like they have public hospitals and they also have private hospitals. So I went to a public one because they're cheaper. It's, it's really not expensive to get like your blood taken, whatever, get a prescription. And this, this hospital was not super, um, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't like a great hospital, but at the same time, I don't really think that good Sam is winning any aesthetic awards. So <laughs> it's not like the public hospitals, there are complete garbage. It's, it's, it's fine. It's good enough. So you would kind of like think of the hospital more of like an a bigger urgent care. I think that's probably a better way to like address like a public hospital. So I get my blood taken and then I, go and pick up my results the next day. And the way that you pick up your results there is it's actually just like in a stack of papers. So there's no HIPAA, like you just kind of can like go through and you find your your name or whatever. And the lady told me that 
hey, like your papers are at the bottom. And I was like, okay, cool. So I grabbed the paper from the bottom and I saw on the thing that like, there was something that was signaling that there could be something wrong with my pituitary gland. And obviously you go in the web MD, you know, spiral of just horrible events. And I saw them like, they like, they were like, they started talking about benign tumors, right? So I'm just thinking obviously the worst. And I'm like, this is, I have cancer. I, it could be malignant. I don't even know. It's probably benign. And I'm just thinking all of this. So I go to a private hospital and I try to figure this out. And this woman is talking about it. And she's just like, you know, this could be wrong. This could be a fluke. Like, you know, your thyroid levels are still high. Like this is high and you, this could happen, but maybe this isn't correct. So I go back to get retested and I look through the stack of papers to just go like, put this one back. And I saw that like, I grabbed the wrong paper. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought I had cancer for a week um, because I had a doctor like read the whole results and everything. And he was like, yeah, this is like, does not look good. So my testosterone was high too. And I was like, and he was like, what is, why is your testosterone high? That's weird. Um, and I realized at the top that it was not my name on the paper because obviously I saw a whole medical thing in Chinese and my Chinese was pretty good at that point, but I just didn't see like the small print of your name at the top. <laughs> I mean, you talk about our hospitals. I've had a doctor read the wrong chart off to me too here. So it's... Yeah, that's not, not exclusive too far to, off. Yeah, to, 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 that, to that country. Just, uh, I, I mean, he didn't say the other patient's name, so, and I didn't have their personal information. Well, yeah, because I, I thought it was you. Kale not trying to cover for the uh, violation there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, sucks to be that person. <laughs> Just put it back in the thing and grabbed my own back. But yeah, like basically like the shorter part of that well, is you that you passed have to along. get retested. They, they transfer it like to their own measurements, like what they would read it as. And then you would just go and like you would I get see. the same thing. Well, you could have passed along that follow up from the doctors. You could have wrote that into the to that whoever that whoever's paper that was. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, sucks to be that person. Um, I inquired and I got some additional info. <laughs> so you uh same thing like so you had the fantastic peace corps uh insurance what happened when you came home and now that you're an adult and have to get your own insurance um yeah i'm pretty lucky that i worked for the government so i have decent insurance in that um i found that my insurance has actually improved like since my parents um that's that's the upside of working for the government but um, so it has not really been a problem. I do have to find a new um, physician to get to get like re-prescribed and everything. But right now, my old one has still just been like prescribing it to me. And a lot of times, like you know, some insurance policy with with at least this medicine, they'll give you three months supplies. And sometimes, like your your provider will they know that they know that like it's difficult for me to be away. So they would try to give me as much as they could that like that insurance would allow. Um, so I have found that people have been pretty nice with it. That's one thing I've always worried. Oh, I don't want to say it's a constant worry of mine, but I like I'm reluctant to leave New York because I really love my doctors and I don't understand how my treatment could transfer over to another person because it's I, I'm getting IV infusions. I don't know if every doctor like I don't know how that works. If like you go here, this is what has been working for me. And this doctor did that. Or if a new doctor will be like, mm. I don't like this and then just not prescribe it. But I would think with thyroid, it's pretty common and standard. And if it's working, you have all of this years of proof at this point. 
Yeah, I do think that we're pretty lucky um, to just have something that has been diagnosed so many times that like once you have once it happens, it's it's pretty standard procedure of like how doctors would diagnose it. Where I feel like in a lot of other conditions, like it's you, they don't even know what's wrong with you. That like it's so much trial and error to figure out like what the diagnosis is, and then treatment's a whole different issue. So like mm -hmm. with thyroid, like you you know exactly what the problem is immediately. Yeah. Though, Kayla, I don't think you're wrong to feel that way. Cause I, I mean, just as I was saying before, like just the different medicines that you get in different places, like it, when it becomes, a tr especially a treatment like you're getting becomes so specific and there's so many factors, including like even like the IV that you get and the person who puts it in your, like like if it's working, you kind of don't want to, like everything down to like the actual machine that's being used can be kind of, uh, you know, difficult to change everything. So I think it's understandable. But that might be more ritualistic, don't you think? For me, I mean, my nurse, she, so I have the same exact reaction every time I go. It Like, I feel it travel up my arm and then I have a spasm in my throat. And she, like, if it doesn't happen, she like, looks back and, like, waits for it. And she goes, there it is, and, like, puts it on the chart. <laughs> so yeah. she knows me so well. But I don't know if this is a stupid question about thyroid. So is this something that, like, climate and altitude and age could impact changes in your levels because I th I would think age does just like your body changing from like 13 to 20 something it's a whole nother body at this point but yeah I'm not I'm not that I'm actually not that sure about that Be I think because like my my younger years um <laughs> they have been like they were so up and down like they did not find anything normal that since it has recently been regulated probably within the last like three years that i'm not even sure of the effects of getting older i think it would probably change a lot if i were to get pregnant like that would be something that would probably like completely alter it and completely alter my levels um but i'm not actually sure about age i feel like climate probably not <laughs> yeah, I didn't know if I wasn't sure if external factors affect your thyroid or not. Well, <laughs> that might be a dumb question by me. I don't think it's, I don't think it's dumb. I mean, like Kayla, just as you know, medications can just stop working because the body is always kind of like slightly changing. You know, I mean, that's why I have to you have to get it checked every time that I you know when I get my blood work every time that I go there just to make sure that the levels are still the same as to what they were. So you know, what changed between me and and, and a year ago? Did I gain weight? Did I lose weight? Did I did the you know? the balance of my body of whatever, you know, hormones just get changed for whatever reason. So I think that it absolutely could change. Yeah. But I think that's probably with anything, you know, even with diet, you know, foods start working a certain way or it's just the body just changes over time. So you uh, talked about the, you have good insurance here and you were, did fine when you were there. Um, but that was probably because of your, Peace Corps status, but how how would you compare Chinese healthcare compared to ours? Are we kind of like in the same boat where if you're poor, good luck? Um, no, I think they're definitely better off. They have they have somewhat like universal healthcare. I would say they do have to pay, but it's 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 not a huge fee. Um, so they actually, I think what's we have to break it down to like, there's two different types of medicine. There's Western medicine there, and then there's traditional Chinese medicine, which a lot of people have heard of too. So mm -hmm. if anyone has ever 
um, gotten like fire cupping or things like that, like that would be considered traditional Chinese. So I was actually thinking, I was, I actually tried to look up um, in my Chinese dictionary if they had something for Crohn's disease. And I don't think that they do because it's basically like they treat, they use um, traditional Chinese medicine for chronic illnesses. So mm -hmm. what they would do is you get matched with um, a traditional medicine doctor and they individualize your entire treatment like so your your treatment would not be anything like the next person's and it could be like even if you have different you kind of have similar symptoms they could make it just to you personally and they don't like you know traditional medicine has not been proven or like scientifically proven to be true but for a country that has been operating for like 5,000 years and they've been using it there's obviously some validity to it mm -hmm. um and I lived with a host family for six weeks when I was in Peace Corps and they were huge into traditional medicine. And I would just walk into the apartment and my host grandma would like be laying topless and my host mom would be like waving a wand and like smoking out the entire apartment. And she'd be like, Nora, come in. She said my Chinese name. She's like, Nora, come in. But this is for, this is for grandma's back. Like you can look at it like this is her back and they do their own healing things, but it seems to be working for them. And they've been getting, you know, they've been living longer every year. Um, so it is different, but if they have a cold or something, they would resort to more Western medicines. Yeah. I've definitely used traditional Chinese medicine to help my symptoms. My rheumatologist, he has a great balance of Eastern and Western medicine so he will give you the drugs if you want it, but he also has like a cabinet filled with herbs and vitamins. And he did this like magnet thing on me. I don't understand how it works, but he like read my whole body through it. And what's interesting is this is when I first saw him. He he like put these like magnets near my ears and I had to lay and he went like, wong, wong. like I don't understand how it works. There's like prongs and stuff, but he... Uh, at the end, he was like, well, yeah, you definitely had all of the responses in your gut. So I think you're right. You definitely have something wrong with your gut. He's like, how many surgeries have you had because of your your stomach issues? And I was like, oh, I haven't had any surgeries in my abdomen. And he's like, oh, well, I, you responded to scar tissue, whatever things he did. So he was like, you probably have scarring from all the inflammation that you've had untreated for years so I don't know how he came to that response but I've also had acupuncture massages cupping it's all fantastic <laughs> um but just it makes sense and like you said like your treatment's not going to be the same as the other person's you have to have a consultation with the doctors when you go there and they want to know everything that's going on with you and I used to just get auricular acupuncture which is just in the ears because it was cheaper than doing my whole body. But there's so many pressure points in the ear. If you look up a picture of it, there's a lot of them for your gut in your ear. And there's one on like the top of your head. Um, but when I, I use that a lot for pain management. I haven't gone a lot in the last like year because of the pandemic. And I wasn't comfortable putting my face on a spot where everybody else's faces are going. I'm sure they did a good job. But uh, you're, you're right too. I, I thought the same thing. I'm like, if it worked... 5,000 years ago, it's probably has some truth to it. So let's give it a try. They're just a little bit more conscious of their health than we are. I think they don't have as much like, you know, like preventative checkups where they probably like would be required to go annually with their insurance or whatever. But 
they they'll only drink like you know warm water or hot water because they think it's better for your digestion after dinner everyone all families will go for walks around because they think it's better for your digestion and there's like square dancing for all of like the older people typically so like they they will constantly be active they'll always be outside dancing and there it's just like a more active culture I feel and they're constantly like listening to themselves and if they're sick they just stop everything they're doing they wore masks way before anything so like they would wear masks just because they're sick and they would just not want to spread it to other people so I feel like they're just like a more health conscious culture even though they don't have as much emphasis of going to the doctor every single year to see what's wrong maybe but they're actively working on it Mm -hmm. and probably just more aware of their body and probably have a you know more spiritual and deep respect for their body more than we do um probably just you know taking the time to rest and to take care of yourself where americans are like power through 24 7 kind of thing (laughs) yeah they have a nap time in the middle of the day actually so a lot of offices have couches and they'll just go to sleep in the the office like in the middle of the day every day in the work day to break it up like they're they're very it's it's a little bit it's definitely chiller than it is here Mm mm-hmm so I don't know if you uh, wanted to talk about this or if you just brought it up in our messaging, uh, but you were saying that you were teaching some lessons to your students in China about periods. Do you want to talk to us about that? <laughs> Basically, um, I did a women's health conference, a women's health and leadership conference. So we talked about different things. We talked about sex ed. We talked about um periods and just, I I learned a lot through that time because their, I mean, their sex ed is is so different too. They they don't really have it because they are a more reserved culture. And I was also gonna touch on that with mental illness. They're kind of just starting to talk about it. So I feel like they're kind of where we were maybe 10 years ago and how it kind of became accepted that people were going to therapy. And it's not like, you know, it's becoming destigmatized, but it's definitely taking a little bit longer. So with sex ed, it's kind of similar. Um, And they don't have a lot of like preventative methods, but so plan B is like $2, for example, like I I did the conversion, it's very cheap, but they don't, a lot of people don't know it exists. Well, how much is plan B here? 50. Wow. Yeah. Um, So they have, they can get birth control over the counter if they wanted to. It's a lot easier for them to get it and they just don't know it exists. But because of the one child policy, um, abortions became super commonplace. So there's an abortion clinic on every campus. And when uh, Georgia was going through, like, you know, like that time they were thinking of, you know, putting a ban on abortions, all of my students became the most super liberals. And I was like, well, why do you, why do you feel so passionately about abortions? And it clicked <laughs> that's because like, that's like something that they've grown up, that's a, it, it, they grew up and it's, it's totally normal. That's like their form of sex ed and preventative methods. It's, it's too late by that point. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's where I thought it was a little bit strange because they don't want to talk about it. Um, it's a more reserved culture. Um, so with periods, they, they had strange myths. Like they thought that like you couldn't swim, but also tampons are not a big thing. It's only 2% of the population uses tampons. So most of them use pads. So I think it's, I, I don't think their parents probably want to teach them how to use a tampon. Like, I think that maybe goes into it of like why they're not that common. Mm-hmm. Um, and so obviously like, you know, if you have a pad, you can't swim, but they think that you can't be in any cold water. And like, there's a lot of things that they think 
will exacerbate the period cramps and they don't use birth control. So they don't have ways to alleviate it. So they're just like completely out of commission when they have period cramps. They're not really talking about it as much as we do. Mm -hmm. That's interesting that you say that because, you know, we've been saying that periods are a chronic illness and like when it's probably much more apparent uh, when you were there where people aren't on birth control and aren't don't have the access to alleviate the symptoms for the little bit of resources that we do have like how many like were they missing school and work because of it like days and days probably even if they had like a semi-regular period it could still be excruciating they would it wouldn't be weird for them to message me that hi teacher um i have my period i can't come to class like it, it, they they can talk about it in that way but i don't think that they fully address the problem as a society of like how it could be helped in that way i don't i it's just because they don't want to talk about it but i also think that I, I feel like China socially is kind of where we were maybe like in the 90s, like a little bit like behind, but I think that they're moving towards a time where they can talk about things a little bit more openly. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now, like, you know, not, yeah, 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 they don't, they don't have like, they, they, they're having more access to like, you know, like Western movies, Western things. So the conversations are a little bit easier to have now, but um, it, it's a shame that like the, the women just go through such horrible cramps every single month when they really don't have to so menstrual cups are probably like non-existent there I I I showed them I taught them how to use a tampon I honestly would probably traumatize them if I showed them a menstrual cup so, <laughs> which is I mean it's still like not taboo here but like not as common like I think it's becoming more common now but more of a sustainability thing than I don't a, even know what that is so a menstrual cup is so well, do you know the difference enough between a pad and a tampon? Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm just kidding. Yes, I do. So, um, a... Get off your high horse. Well, I don't know how much you... Do you know what toxic shock syndrome is? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do, actually, but I don't I don't know the technical line. Uh, that's if you leave a period in for too long, you get a really terrible infection and No, die. tampon, not a... Leave a period in for too long? Absolutely. <laughs> So anyway, a menstrual cup, yes. um, it's this little silicone cup, little thing. It looks like it's a tiny little cup, like the size of like the ones you have at the, like when they put a little pill in it and you got to take that. Like a ketchup uh, Like cup? a ketchup thing, a little bigger. Um, and it folds and you put it into your vagina and it cre creates like a vacuum. And then the blood can, it doesn't come out, it gets blocked and then instead of it getting soaked up like it would in a tampon or a pad, you go mm. to the bathroom, you remove it, and then the blood comes out. You could dump it. Um, so it's just a more sustainable, less waste way to manage I mean, your you, blood. After you dump it, you re... Uh... Well, you have to clean it because then you can also... Because there is, you know, there's been initiatives where be like trying to give it to homeless people just so that they don't have to keep buying things. But if you don't keep it clean, uh, you can get infections and really nasty ones and die what is it made of? potentially silicone usually yeah uh, but then there's also um those thinks panties which are just super 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 absorbent underwear i've read a couple of reviews um from women with or people with heavy flows and they swear by these panties too <laughs> yes um and they're expensive but then um this person wrote like listen if you count how many add up how many boxes of pads and tampons that you have to buy over 
a couple months it pays for itself to have them but um you also have to get to use a menstrual cup or those panties you have to be very comfortable with handling your own blood which i think like you were probably right you probably traumatize your students i think if you showed me that when i was like 11 i'd be traumatized i i i wouldn't really want to do it right now but i just don't have a period because that's what i choose birth control but there's so many options but i can't like i i know that menstrual cups are not new like they've been around forever but like it's becoming much more common now so i they're the revelation of access to uh, things to alleviate the just annoyance and pain of having a period is probably like life-changing for these people yeah i would go to so before i went to so they don't really sell tampons in china right they're super expensive so i would go to costco and i would just fill half a suitcase with tampons like every time (laughs) i would go and go back um so i would buy like around 500 tampons every time I would come back and then just like fill my whole suitcase. So I had a lot of leftover, like when I was leaving and I just gave them to my students and they were just like fiending for them. Like they, they were so excited about them after I taught them how to use it. Cause they were just like intimidated. They don't want to ask their parents. And I think that's why, like, there's just so much not talking about it that they don't even know how to do it. Yeah. And then they're probably like, I could swim with this. You gotta use a tampon. Like you're not just gonna figure that out by yourself. No, I've used them wrong many times and I decided I hated them. <laughs> and then I switched to the right birth control. But even us, like we don't have great sex education here on that kind of stuff. Like I know that it's we knew that it's available, we knew what pads and tampons are, but I remember one time in class I um, ran out of pads that day and I asked the girl next to me if she had any and she was like oh I only have tampon and in my brain I was like oh like she must be really cool because like really cool girls wear tampons <laughs> <laughs> she's like so mature she is tampon <laughs> this is in ninth grade <laughs> and then I went to the bathroom and I put it in wrong and I like waddled back to class she's like I don't think you put it in right <laughs> But she didn't teach me how to put it in either. I was too embarrassed. I was like, no, it's like fine. <laughs> it's traumatizing. It's not great. And then even when I got my first period, my mom was like, I take this mirror and go look at your vagina. And I was like, no, I never want to see that ever in my life. And I, she made me take the mirror and then I lied. I was like, yeah, I looked at it. And then uh, that was the end of those conversations. <laughs> hilarious but it's so uh, I don't know when that like it clicks for people to become comfortable with their bodies I think that for me it was you know forcing me to get comfortable with conversations just from you know poop stuff and you know next in line is vagina stuff Um, so that was a major topic in my life so I wonder if just exposure really is enough for people yeah And I also think with periods, like in the beginning, there's definitely a curve of not having accidents. And I think that like, you have to be comfortable with your friends pretty quickly. So it's easier to talk about going forward. Everyone knows the, can you check me? (laughs) Look, and then you just walk by, check the back of the pants. Everybody knows that one. If If you see a girl with a cardigan wrapped around her waist, we know why. (laughs) Um, is there anything else um, about uh, China that you want to talk to us about I've I've learned a lot 
from this brief conversation. Um, no, I think that, you know, like they, they've done a really good job of getting 1.3 billion people out of poverty. Um, and the fact that they have basic access to healthcare and like insurance isn't that much of an issue is pretty amazing. Um, some of their hospitals, you know, like they, they aren't, they aren't the nicest areas like you probably ever want to be in your life, but they have the access, which I think is like a fundamental difference. And like, it's not as much of a stress on their shoulders um, mm -hmm. about it. So they would use, they do like resort to Western medicines. Like if it's a cold or something, it would probably cost around. I asked one of my friends how much it would cost. It costs with the consultation and the medicine, probably around like $13 or so. In like American dollars? In American dollars. Yeah. So it would cost around that much for like the consultation. Students have a much cheaper insurance and like the more problems you have, like the insurance could go higher. Like if you're elderly, like the insurance could be a little bit higher, but they make it relative to your class. So student insurance is very cheap. And then it goes, if, if it's more severe, you have to go to the hospital more, it would be a little bit higher. Hmm. That, I mean, I don't think it's fair, but it makes sense. <laughs> As a chronically ill person who used to frequent the hospital, I'm against it. Um, <laughs> but is there anything else too about your thyroid or any messages that you have to people who may be tired but are ignoring their symptoms? I think it's just good to maybe in your annual blood test, just see if they're testing for it and just ask like, hey, can you just test for my thyroid? Because it wouldn't cost you anything extra. It's just not a test that they always include. So mm -hmm. if you if you asked, um, especially, especially if you have been pregnant before, um, it is something that is more common in people who were previously pregnant. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say to ask if there are to see what they're testing for, because especially with things that could be genetic, um, like they ask you, to name your family's conditions for a reason like it doesn't have to be like cancer for it to be important like your thyroid is just as important information to know so ask your family questions exactly ricky did you have anything you wanted to uh include now that we have a experience you can finally relate to on this show well probably not as much as i'd like to like i said it was it was probably more longer than I recall to, for me to be much of a contributor, but I think I got some stuff in there. And obviously I learned a lot of stuff uh, from your perspective and, and about, you know, perspective from living in different places, which I think is something that we haven't really had before. A person who's lived in multiple different places and experiencing those different cultures as it relates to medical stuff is pretty interesting. So thank you for talking to us about that. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. I think it's it's cool that I, I have a chance to talk about China and Chinese health because it's interesting how differently they value it compared to us. It almost seems like here it's all or nothing sometimes. Like the healthiest person does so much and it almost intimidates you, but like it's weird, like the small changes that you can do and like how conscious they are just listening to themselves that you never see like the extremes that you see here. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it has a lot to do with that paying attention to your body and taking care of it and even just that walk after dinner can be enough i, th I think you're right some people are like no i have to do crossfit and it has to be high intensity training otherwise it doesn't matter and that's, that's we're extreme in many ways <laughs> well thank you again Nora, for coming on we learned so much and i'm happy to hear about china because we hear so many horror stories about U.S. healthcare, so it's nice to hear that somebody's got it together. Uh, so thank you for sharing your story with us today. Thank you. Sick invite, guys.
。イエーイ